This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Joining us now on the Schneider Orange Hotline, he is... The retired mostly columnist from the Wisconsin State Journal and Madison.com. Follow him on Twitter at Tom Oates WSJ. He is Tom Oates. Schneider is hiring drivers right now. For more info, call him 844 Pride. Go to SchneiderJobs.com. That's 844 Pride or go to SchneiderJobs.com. How are we doing, Tom? We're doing great. How are you guys doing? Uh, yeah, we're we're doing all right. We were just talking about the Packers uh, before we got you on, so I'm just going to ask you the same question that we were asking before you came on. Do you think this Packers offense will be as good as it was last year? I think it has the potential to be as good. Um, uh, one thing I envision is uh, Aaron Rodgers spreading the ball around more. Um because he has a more equal set of receivers. I mean, it, it's hard to blame him for forcing the ball to Devontae Adams, as good as Devontae Adams was. But I I, I remember, Gary, you probably remember, uh, when Sterling Sharp uh, was forced to retire, how it, how it forced Brett Favre to spread the ball around to various receivers. And it actually, I thought, improved their offense. It was more... It created an offense that was more the way that offense was designed to run. And uh, I, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that develops. But I could see, I could see uh, the passing game, you know, being quite good. And, and the running game already is good. Yeah, you know, I saw, uh, Tom, uh, we were talking about that a little bit yesterday with Leroy because then Robert Brooks stepped in. And then Robert Brooks kind of became that sort of go-to guy. But then I think Brooks may have only lasted for a couple of years because I believe he blew his knee out. And then it became – then Antonio Freeman came in. And, I, yeah, I you may be right with that being said, but I'm trying to figure out then on this roster, who is the Robert Brooks? I mean, who is that next guy? I mean, Lazard well, seems more like a guy that's blocking for you. I mean, I don't know. Can Watkins be that guy? I don't know. I mean, I, I can can Lazard step up? I mean, he's different from Robert Brooks, but Robert Brooks wasn't a speed demon. Uh, no, he wasn't. But he, he was, a, but he was a heck of a he was a heck of a wide receiver. He made himself into a wide receiver. Yeah. I remember when he first got there, he had trouble catching Brett Favre's fastball. Yeah. And uh, he 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 really made himself, I thought, into a terrific wide receiver. And you know, he had the one great year, and then. He was going great guns the next year when he had one of the more devastating knee injuries um, uh, any NFL players had. Uh, how he came back from that and was reasonably productive for a few more years was is beyond me. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think there's there's some talent there. I'm wondering about Amari Rogers. Uh, yeah. Second year receivers tend to take a jump. 
and I'm not saying he's going to take a jump into being a hundred catch receiver, but I, I think there's, there's a, you know, I guess probably their best hope is that there's three or four 60 to 70 catch receivers on that roster, as opposed to uh, a guy catching 120. You know what else is puzzling? I don't know if you saw this thing last year too with David Bakhtiari and that knee. I mean, I had read somewhere where he might have had that thing drained like 10 to 12 times last year, and you didn't see him really play it all until the, until the end of the year. I, I'm not sure if that's a chronic injury or if he's got to have surgery again. You know, then they made the decision to go with Josh Nyman. Then they moved Josh. They, they benched him uh, in that game against San Francisco. I, have you heard anything else about Bakhtiari and, and this knee? injury no but i guess i think you know knees are funny especially 300 pound guys who are 30 years old uh, yeah uh, um i mean it's clear that something's not right um you know a lot of times they'll say an acl reconstruction and there's more to it than that there's uh there's fractures that that go along with that there's there's uh, damage to other ligaments. There's all kinds of things that can go on um, in addition to that. And I, you know, that you don't find out. That's pretty much between the team and the player and the doctors. Um, right. But it, it, it's pretty clear that there's more than just an ACL reconstruction there. And that, um, you know, they really have to have their fingers crossed on him. Uh, you know, I, I thought part of their drafting of three offensive linemen again was uh, was as a uh, insurance policy in in case uh, you know what what's going on there doesn't improve. And you know, you certainly hope so. I mean, Bakhtiari was in the prime of his career, yeah, and he's a terrific player and a terrific team leader, and. Uh, you certainly hope that if they can bring that line back intact at some point this season with Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, uh, that, that that would be a terrific offensive line. And I'm, I'm of the opinion that the unsung, the unsung, the, the untold story are, are less, are slightly, um, the, the story that, really didn't dominate was I think their offensive line got dominated in each of their last three playoff losses. And two of the last two was probably due to injury more than anything else. But yep. I think, I thought San Francisco and Tampa Bay in those, in those playoff losses really dominated with uh, the, the Packers front uh, starting offensive line. And I, I think uh, how that line comes together if, if all hands are on deck, I think it's a good offensive line, but uh, it, that just hasn't happened much in the last couple of years. Talking with Tom Motz, Wisconsin State Journal, Madison.com. He is a retired mostly uh, columnist. That's how his Twitter goes with Where's it. Where's he so, to retire mostly from, Steve? Because uh, he's still working, uh, but but he's retired. It's very confusing. Okay, he, Tom just can't let it go. He just he, he can't let go. You, is that Would that be accurate, Tom? You just can't let go? When was the last time I wrote? Oh, I don't know. No <laughs> what was the last time you wrote? Tell me. I haven't really changed my Twitter, uh, my Twitter thing. I don't, I don't, uh, 
I, that would require me figuring out how to change it. Oh, no. Oh, very, boy. Very, uh, difficult, very difficult at my age. Gary couldn't figure his out either, I'm sure, if you asked Gary to do it. So I'm really not all that surprised. <laughs> very good. Uh, hey, Tom, one other thing about the, about this Packers team. Well, we'll get to Badgers here at some point, too. But uh, about this Badgers team, because we're going to ask this coming up uh, in the next hour. And the question is, do you think there's pressure on the Packers' defense this year? Because uh, I think there's a ton. Because I, I think it's all on the Packers' defense. If the Packers' defense isn't, you know, top five, top ten, and anything worse than that, I, I think it's going to make it very difficult for the Packers to have as much success as they want. Well, on paper, I think it's it's a potentially outstanding defense. Uh, I think you have to throw the word potentially in front of anything in, regarding the NFL in July. But it's potentially a, a terrific defense. Um, to me, the, the only possible weaknesses are depths at in the secondary and an outside linebacker but when you look at the top maybe 12 to 15 players on that defense i think it's i think it's uh got great potential to be a dominant defense and and uh if you've looked at teams that have won the super bowls in recent years have had really good front sevens on defense and i think that's where the packers have put a lot of their resources uh bringing Jerron Reed in, drafting uh, the, the two guys from Georgia for the front seven. Uh, they put a lot of resources into that uh, front seven. And uh, if they can develop some kind of a, of a dominant unit, uh, you know, and they, they, they need to stay healthy on the back end, but they got a lot of good players back there. Uh, I think it could be an outstanding defense and uh, maybe the best defense we've seen around there in a long time. And that, you know, I, I don't know. I go back to the first Super Bowl in the in the Favre Holmgren era. That defense was spectacular. But uh, you, you need a good defense. It's it's shown uh, it's shown in the last X number of Super Bowls, and uh, I think they finally have the bodies up front that they can, you know, they can have a real uh, quality, if not dominant, front seven. Steve, I'm going to let you ask the first Badger question because. I don't want to be seen as a homer, and I know you don't come true and clean right at OT about the Badgers. Uh, sure. Yeah. I, I yeah. Yesterday we talked with Jay Kokorowski, who's over at the Wisconsin yeah. State Journal now, about re- the recruiting aspect because uh, they oh, lost right. out on a four-star linebacker most recently to USC, um, and now they yeah. offered another four-star linebacker, I believe it was last night after they lost out on uh, Tackett. Uh, but to me, it doesn't feel like this year's recruiting class that they've put together uh, has been anywhere close to what they've put together uh, in years past. Um, and I brought that up to him, and he said he, he probably probably agrees with me. I, I just wonder, when you talk about Saeed leaving and going to Michigan State, how much of a factor that might be playing into you know this essentially new regime uh, that Paul Chris has put together here in, in trying to recruit a lot of these kids? Well, I think losing Saeed really hurt him. I thought he was a really good recruiter. He's very organized. And he developed a recruiting philosophy and approach, probably approach more than anything, um, that was very good and resulted in a couple of, of pretty good recruiting classes, uh, at least on paper. I, we haven't seen it all on the field yet, but uh, I thought Saeed did a terrific job. Uh, I would have liked to have seen them do more to keep him. Uh, that was mistake number one. Mistake number two was not filling that position for a year after he left or close to a year, uh, they basically operated all last year without a recruiting coordinator. And then after the season, 
made the changes that put Mickey Turner in charge of it. And I'm all for that. Mickey's a, a good recruiter and he's got a, he's got a, a, a great personality for recruiting. Um, but I, I thought the biggest mistake they made was they went about a year without really ahead of recruiting and doing it the old fashioned way, which worked back then. It doesn't work now. I mean, Saeed's, uh, title with Michigan State is general manager for crying out loud. Whoa. I mean, uh, the the world has changed. Uh, the college football world of recruiting has changed, and you have recruiting staffs in addition to your coaching staff. And I thought they were very slow to react to that. Uh, I don't think the – I think the, uh, the athletic director should have pressed that issue. That doesn't seem to be uh, – doing things quickly around there doesn't seem to – doesn't seem to happen anymore and uh i i I just i thought it was a mistake and i think it affected last year's recruiting class and i think it affected this year's recruiting class well with that being said i mean also you look at these these uh these nils right now how does that affect the badger as far as the recruiting is concerned Uh, they were slow to the draw on the nil in in addition to that yes I thought they were uh, – other schools were putting these collectives together a year ago. They just put theirs together a month or two ago. Uh, and, and, you know, people that are trying to contact to get involved aren't even getting answers. So I, I thought they were slow to the draw on that. I, I really I, – I don't think they're so what's, very proactive. So why are they slow? Why, why, what's the problem? What they I don't know. Is it leadership at the top? Is it leadership at the top? I don't know. You know, Barry Alvarez, when he saw a problem, he attacked it. That's all I know. And I don't, I see this more laid back. We'll get it done because we want to do it right. And the reason, and and to do it right, we're not going to jump into it. And the fact of the matter is their competition is jumping into it. And it's, you know, as, as much as I don't like it, and I've never liked it, College football and college basketball is all about keeping up with the Joneses. And if somebody else is doing it, you better be doing it or you're going to fall behind. And I thought they fell behind in NIL. And, and uh, you know, and they haven't really – it hasn't really had a big effect, I don't think, even since then, since they, since they got it. So I'm, I'm a little down with the speed with which they're attacking problems in that department these days. He is Tom Oates. He is the retired columnist from the Wisconsin State <laughs> Journal and Madison.com. Following on Twitter at Tom Oates WSJ. I he love did it. it. He did it. He did everything but name names just now, Steve. And and we agree. So that's also new breaking yes, news do. that that's he and I agree on Badger stuff. News. Yes, yes, you do. So this was a great show. It was my last show before my paternity leave, and I couldn't have asked for a better present. Tom Oates, thank <laughs> oh you very much, God. buddy. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Oatesy. All right. See you guys. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.